0: You're listening to the Centre Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. We've been on a bit of a journey looking at kind of our identity in Christ, who we are, who we are in Jesus, and that's what we've been sort of going over the last sort of few weeks. Um, Julian's been leading us in um, talking about being citizens of heaven. Talking about the um, things that God's unlocked for us and, and that kind of thing. So, um, so I was thinking along these lines of, of our identity in Christ, and um, and I came up with well, I didn't come up with the title "Discover Your Story." I nicked it off an advert. So, um, so coming up on the screen in a second, there's a 30-second advert that's just that's just going to play, and that's going to be a little sort of frame for us Simply type in a name and let Ancestry guide you through the world's largest online collection of family history records. Ancestry.co.uk Discover your story. See, nick the title there. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was looking, I was looking for something like that as I was sort of thinking about what, what am I talking about this morning? And uh, it's something that, for me, it connect, it, that advert is all about connecting us in with a story that's bigger than ourselves. So the the sense of discover your story is actually. Um, it's not just about you. It's about something that's bigger than you, and, and basically linking back into, well, who was, you know, my my grandparents' grandparents, and what did they do, and what part of, like, when did they live, and what what was life like for them, and that how somehow informing who we are, and those sorts of those sorts of websites. Other websites are available. Don't want to be just promoting ancestry.co.uk for the sake. For the sake of the podcast, there could be there i'm sure there are others um, yeah it's it's one of those it's one of those things where where people are interested in in their family history and, and what's happened to them and what's culminated in bringing them to where where they are today and it reminded me a little bit about um, reminding me a little bit about Jewish identity and how um, how the Jewish people, even even today, they still remember these these feasts, um, all these all these uh, specific times in the year where they gather together and they have a meal and they have they have this feast, and the feast exists to um, to give them sort of a chance to retell their story. So you take the Passover feast, for example, um, it's it's all about the time when God brought them out of Egypt, and it's all about remembering that um, that that um, God was there in the in the miracles that happened in in Egypt and the the, the ten plagues that that um, that happened with Moses and, and Aaron, and and it and what happens is. Um, they, the sort of father of the family or the, the sort of head of the family, will will retell this story and they'll ret- rehash some of what happened through through the meal. So in the Passover meal, they have different things meaning different. Um, they, everything has a different meaning. So there's so there's uh, bitter herbs meaning meaning one thing. There's there's the bread and they they break a little corner of the bread and they hide it and then it comes back again for another another reason and then there's all these different cups of of wine that represent different things that they they drink all throughout different parts of the meal and if you've ever sat down and done a passover meal it can be really interesting sort of tying all this thing stuff in together and going oh so this is this is how this part of the story fits in and this is how this character did this and and that happened and and everything sort of draws together but what that does is that gives those taking part in the in the feast it gives them a collective identity it draws them into something that's that 's bigger than who they are so when when we, when we talk about discovering our stories it's it 's about their national identity it 's about telling stories to each other and through those stories through the narrative people find their own place and so if you speak to um, you speak to sort of a Jewish person you ask them um, what's what's who's God um, you won't get an answer like well you know we have we know these attributes about God you know God is God is love God is uh, a jealous God and he, and he, he sort of is jealous for us or you know God is all powerful or he's omnipresent or something like that you'll get more of an answer like God is the one who rescued us out of Egypt um, God is the one who gave us the promised land. Um, those sorts of answers that connect you into a story, because it's it's uh, something tangible about the history that that you can sort of you can you can uh, recognize yourself in that. And so there's all these there's all these different tribes that the the twelve tribes of Israel and and people will trace their roots back to these tribes, and they'll go, well, I fit in here, and I'm a I'm part of this tribe, and this tribe did this, and this is how, how our tribe fits into this bigger story. And so it reminded me about that when I watched, watched that advert. And then it, I was sort of thinking, well, what is what is the Christian identity? Off the back of that, what is what is it that, that makes us Christian? And, and I think this is, um, and this links us in a little bit, or will look, link us in into the passage we we're going to look at, which is in Galatians, because they were having this whole... Um, this this discussion about what is it that makes us who we are, like what makes us distinctly Christian. And so there's all this discussion going on. And I think what 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 Jesus did in this in this whole idea of what the Christian identity is. Jesus took this Passover meal, you know, we talked about some of what what went on there and Jesus redefined it and said, this is this is something that's 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 different. There's a there's a new covenant in my blood. He, he uses that that terminology. He says he says that I'm going to redefine this this feast that tells you about your identity, and I'm going to open it up for everyone else to be a part of. So so instead of instead of the bread um, that was that was unleavened bread representing what they sort of how they got out of of Egypt quickly and they wouldn't have time to cook it, all that that sort of stuff. So they they took out the the yeast so that it would cook quicker. And Jesus said, actually, no, this this is my body. So he breaks it and he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. And it's like, oh, he's redefining something here. He's taking a story that we all know and we all know how we fit into And he's changing the rules and he's changing what it's about. And in the same way, he takes the cup and he says, this is the new covenant in my blood. It's like, this is my blood that I'm I'm shedding for you. And you're going to do this meal in remembrance of of me. So not in remembrance of what God did in the past, but saying that God's doing a new thing. And in remembrance of what God's doing through Jesus, um, we are taught as Christians to, to take this, this meal, this communion meal and so there's a, there's a, like a new identity, there's a new um, sort of participation in, in a story that we're now invited to be a part of and so this is what was going on in, in Galatians they were having, the church in Galatia was having this issue, they were saying well I know we're saying that people who aren't Jews can come and be part of this and can come and sort of celebrate with us and can can join and be part of the church I'm just going to take a drink and and they can they can come they can celebrate with us they can be part of this but how do we how do we sort of identify them how do they join together with us and so there were different people who had different thoughts and and there was this one group in in Galatia who said, Well, they need to they need to obey all the, the rules, they need to they need to obey the law. They need to the, the men need to get circumcised, they need to obey the Sabbath day, they need to um, eat the right foods and do all the right things as we're supposed to do because that that's how we know that we're we're Jewish. So these people they're joining in with that. So that they need to do the same thing which seems fairly logical doesn't it you, if you if you're in a group and everyone's doing something and then someone else joins then you probably want them to do the same thing that you're doing so that you can say well you know this is but well, this is how we do it this is how our group does things i'm just reminded of a of an experiment they did um, with monkeys now whether you should experiment on monkeys or not is another is another matter but um, they did this experiment where there was there was a piece of food that they wanted, and they had to climb up either climb up this ladder or something to go and get this piece of food. And there was when they went up it, they would get an electric shock. Um, but not just the monkey that that got it; every, all the monkeys would get this electric shock. So so the the problem was. One wanted to go and get the food, but everyone suffered. Everyone, everyone suffered. So, what they would do is over time, these monkeys would learn, let's not go up there because we all get an electric shock. And so, after a while, they'd substitute one monkey out and put another one in. And this went on a little while. And this new monkey would always try and go for this food because they didn't know what happens. But after they'd done it, changed a couple of monkeys, what started happening is as the monkey went for this food, the other ones had all beat him up, and so he wouldn't go and get it. And this went on and on and on, to the point where none of the monkeys in the cage had ever gone up to get that food, but they would always beat up the new monkey that came in because they knew they weren't supposed to go up and get it. And they didn't really know why. They didn't know what the consequence would be. They didn't know. They just They just knew that this is not what we do. We don't go up there. We're not allowed up there. We don't really know why. It's just how it's always been, and I, it can be a little bit like that um, when you're when you're in a group, can't it? It's like, well, this is this is just how it's always been. We've always done this. We've always obeyed these rules. We've got this is just how it how it works. And so this is the argument that's going on in in Galatians, and and Paul comes in and and he says he says, no, you don't have to you don't have to do all these things anymore. There's When Jesus came along, he redefined things. He changed the way this this whole system works. And so Paul's trying to straighten this out in Galatia. And so we're going to look at um, a passage from Galatians 3, verses 26 to 29. Hopefully it'll be on the screen. It's a little bit small, but I can't make it any bigger, so tough. (laughs) Um, So here we go. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So this is Paul trying to. straighten out what's going on. He's saying the, the word Gentile there means, means non-Jew. So, there's, so he's talking about Jews and non-Jews. Paul says, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God. So who's he talking about when he says all? Is he talking about the Jewish people? Is he talking about the non-Jewish people? Or is he talking about all of them collectively together? all of those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, I think he's talked about all of those that are in Christ Jesus, and that's the problem that's going on. They're separating into these separate groups. And and he's saying, you're all sons and daughters of God, children of God, through faith. And so how does that work? How how does faith somehow make us children of God? How does it somehow make us, give us this new identity that we're, that these other things don't matter anymore, but we're actually now children of God. And I think it's because Jesus re- redefines things, and, and he says we're part of a new covenant, we're part of a new way of doing things, and we've got this new Christian identity. So we're part of a story that that revolves around Jesus. And it's so it's through Jesus' faithful death, through his resurrection. Um, and And us believing into that that it, and us believing into him that we are now to be called children of God, so no longer the the old way of doing things, no longer the way the way of being separated out and you know in your different categories and and all this it's it's Jesus redefined things through his faithful death and resurrection, and we've believed into that, and so that's how we have this collective identity. So the question then comes, how can we be sure? How can we how can we know that we are who who um, Paul's saying we are, who the passage says we are? How can, how can we know? And the Galatians' answer was, well, you know because, because of circumcision, you know because of the food laws, you know because of all of this stuff that we do. And Paul's like, no, no, you're missing the point. You don't get people who have done some, who are part of something new to just obey everything that was old. Paul says, actually, it's you know it because you were baptized into Christ. Can you put the verse back up there? Is that all right? So you'll see this all sort of going along. He says, all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. So he's saying you don't know it because because you're obeying all these laws and you're separating people out. It's, you You recognize it because you've been through the waters. You've, you've actually done something to represent who you are now, your, your new identity. So in other words, when we were baptized, it was in recognition of and in participation with Christ's death and resurrection. We go down into the waters and back up again into new life. And that symbolizes... Um, Joining him with Christ's death and his resurrection. We symbolically clothed ourselves with Christ. That's what he says there. He says you've clothed yourselves with Christ. And then he gives something really practical. He says, well, what does that look like? If you've been baptized into Christ and you clothe yourself with Christ, what does that look like? Well, it looks like there's no longer due... Or, or Greek or Gentile, as it says up there. There's there's no longer slave nor free. There's there's no longer male and female because you're all one in Christ Jesus. So very, in very practical terms, Paul's saying, stop separating yourselves out into these different categories. Your identity is not this old story that you were joining with. You've got a new identity that's in Christ, in Christ Jesus. So in other words, all those distinctions... That exist outside the church. You know, you work for this company, I work for that other company, or you know, you go to to this part of the beach, I go to that part of the beach. I don't know what I'm trying to think off the top of my head. What would be some distinctions that would be relevant in the in the room? But um, you know, you're from Canada, I'm from England, for example. These sorts these sorts of things. These exist outside of the church community, but inside the church community, they're not valid anymore because we have a new identity that is in Christ. So whenever you see this this language of being in Christ, you'll notice up there we've got the word you or yourselves. If you go through and count, we've got six words, you or yourselves, and we've got five Words that are talking about being in Christ or belonging to Christ or into Christ or something like that. So we've got this relationship between us and our identity in Christ going on. So Paul's saying these these distinctions that you put in don't exist within the church anymore because we have a new identity, an identity as as equals, But not just not just equals sort of low down, but actually equals who are actually called children of God. We're all children of God through faith. All of us are one in Christ Jesus. We join together and become one. So there's there's this idea of a, a big family or participation in Jesus, participation in Christ, joining in with a bigger story. Joining and discovering that our story is not defined by what the world says that it's defined by, but it's actually defined by God. And it's actually made whole and made, um, made new in, in God and in Christ. And so ultimately, at the end there we've got We've got that we belong to Christ. He says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We belong to Christ. It's God who defines who we are. We are heirs according to the, the promise. We, In our belonging to Christ, God makes us heirs, heirs to the kingdom of God, according to the promise of God. You see, it's not just that we're, we're made right with God, but we stay who we are. It's bigger than that. The distinctions of the world no longer apply to us. So you actually, you, you move from one place of, 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 you know, me being Chris, the sinner, to me being Chris, the child of God. And so there's this, there's this phrase, um, bandied about, and I really, I really don't like the phrase, um, that, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Okay? That puts me over here in the camp of Chris the sinner. When God actually says, no, you're over here, you're Chris the child of God. So if I say, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, I'm, I'm saying, I'm over here. I'm defined by my past. I'm defined by my history. I'm defined by everything that's outside of, of when God changed and transformed my life. Actually, I've got a new identity. The reality is I, I'm in, in, walking in a new identity. And I don't want to define myself by who I was and my past and mistakes that I made. And the reality is, though I'm a child of God, I still make mistakes and I still mess up and I still do things that are that are reflections of of the old me but I'm no longer this person. So, So I personally shy away from saying something like I'm a sinner saved by grace because I know that that's not actually my identity. My identity is that I'm a child of God first and foremost who still messes up and still sins but I need to tell myself what God says that I am. You know in Christ Jesus you're all children of God through faith. I need to tell myself that that's that's what God says that I am. He doesn't say that I'm a sinner. He doesn't start with that. So yeah, don't define yourself by the past. The past doesn't define you. I remember, uh, I don't know if any of you have followed the the news recently that came out about Justin Welby. Has anyone seen that? So, um, for the sake of the podcast, which will probably everyone have forgotten this news by the time anyone listens to it. So, um, what happened was basically there was there was a uh, a newspaper that did some research into him, and and there was this allegation that his his dad wasn't his real dad, and his his actual genetic dad was someone else. And so. This came as a as a surprise to him, and, and he got himself a DNA test to check if this was actually the case. Is this actually true? And it turns out it was actually true, and that he wasn't um, the son of forget the name of his his dad, um, or his non-genetic dad. <laughs> um, but he wasn't the son of one person. He was the son of someone else. And so this whole this whole story broke over the weekend, and uh, and he released a statement. And in his statement, um, I found I found a quote that I just was um, I was blown away with, and just um, really helped me in sort of in what I was talking about today, because it it really just resonates with everything that we've been we've been talking about. So can you put it up? It says. I know that I find who I am in Jesus Christ, not in genetics, and my identity in Him never changes. And So there's this, there's this whole statement that he, he goes into, details about history of um, sort of alcohol abuse in his family and, and messiness and things that have been difficult for him in his upbringing and his family and things that he's had to deal with and things that are part of his story. But he says, actually, I know that I find who I am in Jesus Christ, not in genetics. And my identity in him never changes. Because actually, the story, the history, the past, the things that have happened to his, his earthly family is one thing. But ultimately, he's saying, I am who I am because of Jesus, because of Christ. He's following this, this line from, from uh, Galatians 3, and he's saying, I'm a child of God in Christ Jesus, that's who I am. So actually it doesn't matter who, who my father was, whether it was the person who brought me up or the person who, who uh, is actually my biological father, he's saying none of that is really that relevant because it's who I am in, in Christ Jesus that defines who I actually am. So to put it another way, I'm not British, I'm a Christian. That doesn't define who I am. It's my my life in Christ that defines who I am. Um, I'm not working class. I'm a Christian. Some might say I'm not working class anyway, but I think I am. I say so by my accent. Anyway, I'm not I'm not male. I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm not a white man. I'm a Christian. There's a profound like life changing. Nature to our identity, and it's it's I'm, I'm found in Christ. That's who I am. Now, all these other things that you want to say about me, you know, the, the form that I, that I fill in and I say, you know, white British male and my age and and all this sort of stuff. That's that's not really that relevant because who I am in Christ that's relevant. Everything everything flows out of your identity. Your decisions are are influenced by. Who you are and the way in which you define yourself. So if you say about yourself, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really good at that. I'm, I'm a bit rubbish at that. Um, if you define yourself as someone who, well, I just sit in the corner. I don't really, I don't really get involved. Um, I'm not really, you know, there are other people who are better than me at that. So I, I just don't, don't bother with it. Um, and if you define yourself by those characteristics. That's that's who you become because you say that this this is who I am. But actually, that's not what God says that you are. God says that you're much bigger than that. God says that that you're defined as someone who's in Christ. You're a child of God. And so when you when you think of yourself in those terms, when you think of yourself as a child of God, things start changing because because you're like, well, I know that old me doesn't like doing this, but God says that I'm I'm his child, you know, and that means that that God's on my side. So maybe I should give, give this a go. Maybe I should approach that person. Maybe I should um, chat to that person who I don't normally chat to. Maybe I should, you know, be more confident in who God says that I am. And, and not listen to what people have said over me in the past, but actually listen to what God says that I am and how God defines me. I think I've gone a little bit over my time, so I'll just I'll just end with end with this. Um, and I don't know, Johnny, if you want to get up. Um, the takeaway, if it's not been clear. Um, clear enough from what I've been saying. The takeaway from this is to that we recognise that that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Recognise that we're all children of God. That this is our identity and this is how we're defined. And actually, that when we start thinking about ourselves in those terms, we're thinking about ourselves as God thinks of us. It's not just that God sees. You, you may have heard this phrase, you know, when you when you ask for forgiveness, you're you're washed clean, and God sees you as as washed whiter than snow. It's not just that He sees you washed whiter than snow; it's that He sees you as His daughter, or He sees you as His son. It's it's bigger than seeing some seeing someone who's detached from you as as well. They're a good person now. But it's it's seeing someone who's actually attached to you and welcomed into your family. And that that sort of whole idea of blood is thicker than water. You know, it's the blood of Christ that's that's rescued us. And has drawn us in and adopted us. Caused us to be adopted into God's family. Not to be people sitting on the outside. People who are just, um, like, can only approach God through a priest or through a... A curtain. If you want to go back into the Old Testament times, you know this is where God lives, and we, you know, can't go there because it's pretty scary and it's pretty big. But no, I think it's in Hebrews where where it talks about us approaching His throne with boldness, because you're not you're not coming to someone who is far away or, or distant. Yes, He might be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but He's your father is your dad and that's who what we're that's what we're approaching and just as you know like um, just as Jimmy was running up trying to give Johnny something earlier in the service it's like it's that innocence that we can come to God with because he sees us through those eyes he sees us as as his innocent child and it doesn't matter if we if we trip if we stumble, if we mess up, if we do stuff that's not You know not reflective of him Not not maybe his best for us Because he sees us as his son as his daughter and he defines us in those terms So we don't leave here as individuals today we leave here hopefully having discovered something of our story that what what actually defines us and connects us is that we're all children of god in christ jesus we leave here as family and we go into into the future we go into the next day and the day after that connected to a family of sons and daughters of the most high god loved by a good good father as julian said earlier that's who we are thank you for listening to this week's podcast at center church one church passionately loving god and people in burgess hill and brighton to get the latest news or for any other information check out our website at www.centerchurch.uk